Welcome to the latest edition of the Omnitalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we turn the spotlight on Packet. Packet is a company disrupting the meal kit and e-grocery delivery industry with its freezable, reusable delivery totes. And today, we're joined by Packet Fresh CEO and founder, Melissa Keeling. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, Excited to be here. It's awesome to have you here in studio. I know. In Minneapolis. How's the weather? I know. Speaking of freezable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the irony. I think that's one of the only benefits to living in Minnesota is like this time of year, you can leave stuff in your car and run like five more errands. I know. it stays cold enough. Exactly. <laughs> Which is exactly what we're probably going to talk about here exactly. today. It's in, that, exactly. in, in that same vein. So Melissa, why don't we start? We always start here because, and there's a reason we do it because I think it's important to hear the backstory of who the people we spotlight are. And so let's start there. Who are you? Where are you from? How did you get into the reusable delivery tote business? Sure. So I am Melissa Keeling. Um, most recently, I've been in LA for 20 years. Um, we have an Iowa tie. I actually grew Oh, do up, we? Yes. I grew up in Northwest Iowa. Did you? I did. Where? In Cherokee. Okay. All yeah. right. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but- been in LA, the LA area for about 20 years. So I started Packet 10 years ago. Okay. And I started in the consumer product space. So my story is one of those kind of out of necessity mom invented products. I had three kids trying to pack lunches for my own kids and super frustrated that you couldn't put healthy food in a lunch bag because it would be spoiled come lunchtime. Right. So I created the concept of integrating the freezable element into the liner of the bag. And you fold the bag and store the bag in the freezer. So when you pull the bag out in the morning, the walls of the bag are completely frozen. So you never have to add ice or those gel packs ever, those little gel pucks that are always lost and missing and don't really work anyway. <laughs> you never have to add any of those to our products. You just pull it out of the, out of the freezer and it's ready to go. Yep. How, how, did you, how did you come to want to do that? I always find this part so fascinating in the story. Like, did you have an engineering background? Did you know how to make those things? No. What was all involved not at in all. that? No, I really had been a stay-at-home mom for 13 years, and it was just kind of a passion project for me out of my own frustration. And once I had put together some prototypes and shared it with with friends, you know, you hear a lot of like, ah, that's already out there. That already exists. Right. Well, it didn't. (laughs) And um, having conversation with friends, realizing that everyone else was kind of struggling with the same problem that I was. So just identifying that there was definitely a need for that in, um, you know, there's white space there. So what did those first prototypes look like? Like, how did you make those? I know it's a super crazy story. So um, I had ordered waterproof materials and insulating materials online. Um, I actually ordered what I thought was going to be a liner for the interior of the bag. And what actually showed up at my doorstep was one of those huge, hard plastic, like, that you'd put underneath your desk chair. Oh, right. Sure. And I was like, that's probably not going to work. <clears throat> Happened to be walking past my bathroom one day and saw my shower curtain hanging there. And I was like, you know what? That could probably work. So I ripped that down. I laid everything out over the dining room table, pinned it together, and um, my talents end there. So I took it to the dry cleaner and asked her to sew it together for me. Which she immediately replied, no, we don't do bags. (laughs) 
after a little convincing, she sewed the first prototype together for us. And um, I had a sample in hand and off and running. And the rest is history. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, so so flash forward a little bit. So now you have a pretty su- successful business on the consumer side. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we do. So we have distribution and retail, um, you know, most of all major retail players across the country and globally at this point. Um Target, Walmart, Bed Bath, Amazon, Container Store, Whole Foods, you know, the an amazing list of retail partners. Um, and um, launching more into food storage, into bento containers and things like that. So, oh. yeah, a great play on innovation in that space, which has been a unique opportunity going in as a startup against a lot of big corporate America, you know, brands yeah. trying to make a name for yourself and – Anytime you introduce something new and innovative, you're tasked with education, right? You have to educate the consumer on how it's unique and how it's different. At point of sale, it, the uniqueness isn't necessarily obvious because it's in the liner of the bag. Right. So really educating the consumer and being able to make a name for ourselves in that space owned by major brands um, has been a challenge, but we're we're having a good time with it. That's amazing. Yeah. There are some big brands occupying that space and trying to keep hold of that shelf space too. So, but I got to imagine, so here's a great segue too, because I got to imagine then that experience has become pretty valuable for you as you have made a pivot. So you've made a pretty big pivot then. uh, And it's not really a pivot. I would actually say maybe it's a complimentary add to what you guys are doing. That's probably the better way to say it into a whole new line of business. And that being delivery and which yep. is our focus here you know being omni talk and being about omni channel retail so when did you make that decision when did you start to when did when did you, when, when were you saying to yourself hey let's go into the delivery space now with this concept uh, when did that happen and, and what brought that about so about two and a half years ago I started getting um, a meal kit delivery company delivered to my home okay I won't throw any names out there but <laughs> um, you know it comes in a corrugate box right. with a huge Mylar insulated blanket and two six-pound gel packs. And then three days later, I got another corrugate box with a Mylar insulated blanket, mm-hmm. two six-pound gel packs. And for me, the catalyst for this new adventure for us was really out of sustainability. I mean, I felt a huge um, responsibility for this catastrophic pile of waste that was piling up in my garage. Mm-hmm. And it bothered me. Um uh, so, and you know, in taking a look at that and realizing what we've been doing in the consumer space for the last 10 years, really, we've been solving final mile cold chain for 10 years, but it's been from the kitchen refrigerator to the school lunch table or to the, to the office table at lunch. And, you know, that was kind of my aha for mom- moment for like, you know what, we can do this. That's and we can do it in a reusable, sustainable way. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. I never would have thought about it that way. So what happened? And kids are, are kids are the delivery vehicles there. <laughs> right, that's right. super complicated. Right. Exactly. But again, solving a problem that you see out of necessity. So what? how did that transpire? Like, what was the... Did you do another prototype with your dry cleaner? Or were you no. like, I've got an even bigger bag now. Like, No, fortunately, we have a, a solid, amazing design team behind us now. But, you know, I just completely threw myself into the e-com logistics um, delivery execution world and learned as much as I could about the industry. And one of the things that I discovered was all of the expensive inefficiencies that exist today in 
e-com fulfillment and distribution for groceries and perishables is completely derived from their inability to keep food cold, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't keep food cold throughout picking, packing, staging, and delivery, you're forced to create all these wonky workarounds because you're racing against time from when a perishable leaves a temperature-controlled environment to the time it gets gets to the customer. So, you know, we identified that if we could solve that in a very mobile, flexible way— Um, these retailers can put efficiencies in place using our product that ends up saving them a ton of money. Right. So talk more about that. Like, So let's talk, let's get into specifics then on that, double click in there. So what specifically is the product now that you're selling that helps to accomplish that? So the product is, I mean, the technology is very similar to our consumer products. The freezable element is in the liner of our reusable, freezable totes. So these simply collapse down and the retailers store them in their freezers, kind of super compact, lined up like books on a shelf. Um, in the morning, they pull them out, shake them open, and the tote is completely frozen. And these will keep food at food-safe temperatures for 15 hours. Wow. So if I guess if you start to look at what the supply chain looks like now and the efficiencies created, from the moment a retailer comes in in the morning and they've got let's just say, a 1,000 orders to pick and pack throughout the day. They're right now having these sophisticated route optimization systems that are giving them the exact time that that order should start to be picked because the delivery window or the pickup window starts at a certain time. So they're racing around the store very inefficiently to pick against this predetermined window of time that the food can be removed from the shelf and prepped for the customer. So our product allows them to do batch picking. So all these orders come in, they can pick them four, six, eight hours in advance. So you're picking for the most efficient routes possible. So there's, you know, first uh, pain point of a high cost solution that's solved. Right, batch picking. Yeah. And they can pick them and they can hold them in our totes. So they pull food right from the shelf and pack them right into our frozen totes, ensuring that from the moment food leaves the shelf, the cold chain is never broken. Mm -hmm. It's put right into our frozen totes. Mm. And then these can be – these orders can be staged in an ambient staging environment. So it's simply like racks, baker's racks, that these – you know, our refrigerated totes are are held on – um, eliminating the need to build out refrigerated staging areas. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that's a huge thing that we need to pause and just realize here. Because I think I as you... remember from our story of the future days, how right. big of a thing that is. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I was just having that conversation with Melissa earlier, like thinking through the logistics of, you know, separated, refrigerated, and frozen cold storage rooms and just how, what a huge expense and investment that is as retailers are thinking about like next generation picking and packing. They have to think about this and how are they going to execute this? It's not flexible. Like that is a very permanent thing as you're saying for people to have to invest in putting in the stores. Especially when you think too, not just, I mean, I think we started with just e-grocery too, but not even just e-grocery from a delivery perspective, but even from the order buy online, pick up in store perspective, that gives you a lot more flexibility you know on that side of things too as well so interesting what 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 else is what else is at play here then Melissa that's fascinating yeah so um yeah just to touch on that too like the industry is changing like by the day and when retailers right. are looking at their strategy of you know these high capital intensive build outs of refrigerated staging areas or 
buying into refrigerated fleets of trucks, not only are those huge capital expenses, but they're very permanent solutions. They're investments in very permanent solutions. So not that I have commitment issues at all, <laughs> but in, in an environment that's changing so fast, you know, we offer that low-cost, flexible solution to let them be really nimble and responsive to the changes in the market right. and the ability to scale. You know, you know, if you're scaling, you've got to build refrigerated staging areas. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot more. T- uh, you know, your speed to market is cut tremendously, yep. and you know this solves that in there. So, but um, yeah, so they're picked and packed and staged in our frozen totes. If it's for click and collect, the customer pulls up to the window. The retailer pulls the grocery bag out of our frozen totes, hands the grocery order to the customer. The customer drives away. They collapse the frozen totes. Those go back in the freezer to be used again okay. the next day. And based, I want to make sure the audience hears this too. So, because like based on what you said, fifteen hours in in the tote. I mean, essentially, like. If I'm a retailer, I could have those sitting behind my customer service desk if I wanted for mm-hmm. the delivery window that I've scheduled that click and collect. Yeah, delivery. for sure. That's pretty yep. dang flexible. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Got it. And also, you know, a lot of the lockers that are being pulled in or just oh, sure. any kind of like front of store yeah. staging areas for pickup, you don't have to have the refrigeration. In this, the locker. Right. In the wow. locker. This um, creates that refrigerated environment that you just set this tote into that locker or that box or the whatever the the pickup area is for the customer. And then I think My it's, you know, just went, whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. That's, yeah, I hadn't thought about that angle. That's because that's one of the rubs with the lock, the whole idea of locker implementation too. But then that gets you around that. And that also becomes more of an unmanned process for the retailers too. So that saves labor for those listening as well. That's kind of the thought process going through my head. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and then talk about the other – we haven't even <laughs> walked yep. across the delivery, line of right. like the actually last-mile delivery advantages of this. So tell us how that's been working with some of your partners. Yeah. So for delivery, um, you know, even with a any, with any retailer, like many retailers have multiple strategies for delivery, even under one umbrella – um, whether it's they're tapping into crowdsource drivers, whether they have their own fleet of drivers or they're using their own trucks. Um, our It's all about getting more deliveries per driver, right? If you can get a longer route, more deliveries per driver, your cost per acquisition on delivery goes way down. I mean, traditional standards right now with many retailers that are using crowdsource drivers are it's a 60-minute window. They'll send a driver out to do a delivery They want them on the return after 30 minutes. And a lot of the reason for that is if the customer doesn't happen to be home, they want them to get that order back and into refrigeration. Otherwise, that's just a complete waste. Mm -hmm. So So it's a quality control issue. For sure. Okay. So they'll allow a driver out. We'll call it 60 minutes. That puts the ratio at driver route uh, delivery order at a one-to-one ratio. So now with our products, you can deploy a driver on a four to six hour route doing 27 different deliveries on that route, um, taking that cost per acquisition way down and 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 really, you know, putting profit back into the delivery. That makes it just makes a ton. Of, it just makes a ton of sense. It's very, that's very intuitive the way you just articulated that, too, in terms of just how what we're asking people to do against just the theoretical of, OK, what this allows in terms of how many more deliveries can be out there. How have you found that? I'm curious, how have you found this process then? So like you were selling on the consumer side. So you're talking to the merchant sides of the retailers for the most part. 
How have you found now selling this? Because I got to met who are you selling to mostly in the retailers? I'm curious what the audience can learn from from that whole process too, because we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to to our podcast. What's it been like selling to another side of retail? Um, it's great. I love it, you know, and I've I I'm I'm loving this industry. I love I love the pace. I love you know it's 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 a blast watching this all kind of yeah. come together and um you know, all the different execution strategies that everyone's trying, whether it's, you know, autonomous vehicles and drones and, you know, um, keyless entry to have your groceries brought right into the house. Like, (laughs) there is never a dull moment. And um, many retailers are trying many different solutions to really figure out how to put profitability back in, right? Because it's all about how do I meet consumer demand and do it in a profitable way, which has been the big challenge. And I think retail raced to meet consumer demand and figured, eh, I'll figure out how to make money later. I just got to make the customer happy. Sure. And I got to be I got to be the first to get there to make that customer happy because the churn rates can be so high. Um, I Okay, so talking to retailers, I think it's interesting, you know, the solution that we bring is so simple that when I'm having a conversation with a retailer who has a multi-million dollar budget set aside for refrigerated build-outs, they're buying into refrigerated fleets of trucks, mm-hmm. you know, and I say, no, we we can do that with this, you know, under $30 tote here. Yeah. They kind of look at me like, like, it's almost like, wait, I don't get it. Like, there's got to be more to this. Right. Yeah. What's the catch, right? Yeah. Now, is that the supply chain side of the retail organizations? or like, It is, or Is yeah. that who you're mm-hmm. mainly working with? Maybe yep. some store ops yep. side of things, too, in terms of how the actual work's getting done in, in, the, in the store environments or even in the warehouse operation side of things? Yeah. So we work, um, we work directly with retailers, okay. but we also work with um, solution providers. So we work with a great company called Grocery Key. Grocery Key here out of Minneapolis. Minneapolis. And yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're familiar. Yes. So we work with partners like that who bring turnkey solutions into retailers who want to implement an execution strategy for e-com and Part grocery of a bigger delivery. ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll work with, you know, someone like Grocery Key on being the hard goods side of how they present their full solution to their customers. Sure. sure. What what kind of pilots can like how how have you been engaging with those retailers early on like can you do a one store pilot is it you know going across a, a multitude of stores like what does that look like for you Melissa Yeah most of them start with a small you know um they'll get 20 30 samples okay and they'll start doing some in-store testing and and doing some routes and and it starts as small as that really and when they recognize the efficiencies and the cost saving efficiencies simply because now they can keep food cold throughout the entire fulfillment and distribution process right each touch point eliminates a lot of costly workarounds that they've been doing so mm-hmm. calculating the cost savings by using this um, doesn't have to start on a large scale it can start with 
a couple doors, you know? That's a really interesting point because that's a great question, Anne, too, because yeah, from a testing perspective, this thing is pretty straightforward too, because you can, can get, you can create a control set very easily against, let's say once, even a one store implementation, just to see if you're seeing what you're predicting or, you know, telling them from the get go, yeah. which is much, much easier. That's much more easily done in this situation than say a more complicated technology implementation where you got to think about the dynamics of the whole market of one store versus another, the front end right. e-commerce experience, all that you don't have any of that this is really straightforward to try to kind of come in there real quick grassroots and just get it done yeah and it's been the wild wild west you know we talked a little bit about like regulations are starting to become Hmm. more and more stringent and policies are definitely being put in place um, around food safety right you know when i started ordering home uh, delivery it was delivered to my doorstep with milk and eggs and chicken. Right. And it had three frozen water bottles on the top of my shopping bag in an attempt to keep chicken cold. Yeah. yeah. At a safe temperature. In L.A. in August. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like beat the clock. You know, it's like it's like that old game. You know, that's really what's been going on here. And and that's why last mile delivery is so hard. I mean, that's partly, I think, you know, why we haven't seen the penetration in e-commerce grocery like we have in other areas but any last words of wisdom parting words of wisdom because then we're going to do our favorite thing which is Anne's going to do how millennial are you but any last parting words of wisdom any surprises you've seen as you've gone through this process that you you'd share to other entrepreneurs out there oh my gosh oh i don't know i guess it's just like you know i'm a huge huge advocate for just trying to identify you know frustrations in your day-to-day and find creative solutions and um, dig in and make them happen. You seem really good at that, though, actually. Yeah. Seeing a need <laughs> and then being able to – that's what I've been super impressed about is like seeing a need in both sides of the business, really, and then being able to piece apart exactly why that needs there. And then I think most importantly, how to put economics to that mm-hmm. has been a great learning lesson for me. So. Economics and sustainability. I mean, we didn't touch on that too much, but just yes, how, much the backdrop. The, how much that is is impacting just the the simple concept of the freezable storage alone is is already removing a lot of those elements, those – cold packs and things yeah Um, and i you know we look at like going into a retailer and helping them build their business both from the bottom up and the top down right by bringing in all these cost savings that we can bring to the table for them but also helping build their business from the from um the top down like when you can use a reusable sustainable and you have a platform to speak to your customers Mm -hmm. about sustainability it truly builds you know a more engaged uh loyal relationship with the customer absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. well this was that was great i loved it awesome all right we ready for this let's do it are you ready to play i don't know how millennial are you um so we're just going to go through a series of questions you just tell us what comes to mind right away and uh and we'll get started so first question when you're at the grocery store or shopping somewhere and you have the option to pay with a mobile payment or pull out cash or credit card or traditional method of payment which are you choosing i will use apple pay anytime it's available okay. Whoa. but right. i um or credit i rarely have cash on me okay uh, but and that is oftentimes because my children have taken it out of my wallet. <laughs> is that I have, I have a just a totally serious question? Is that why you use Apple Pay too? Because it's when kids are in tow, it's like much just faster just to use it. 
it's just so easy. It's just so easy in general. Yeah. 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 That, that was what it is for me. Like, I just, yeah. I hate having my kids in line at the grocery. And the last thing I want to do is spend any more time trying to figure out how to pay. And I have this huge adversity to having change in my wallet oh, yeah. and the bulk of that. So, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And if you forget your wallet, I don't know who would do that. But on occasion, <laughs> if you left your wallet in the car and you're in the store and you don't have to abandon your cart full of groceries for the week. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the next question. So in the last week, how many times have you ordered food or coffee through an app? Uh, yesterday. How many times? Yeah. In, in the last week, would you say? Food or coffee? Oh, I have to admit, like, I did. This is going to be terrible to say. I door dashed Starbucks to not my office on Monday. Nice. For myself and my COO who were like slammed and I'm like dying for a cup of coffee. And I pay 20 bucks, if you can believe that, like two cups of coffee. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say that. But listen, this society, this cost of convenience. Yeah. It's you know, a real thing. You see the number and then you're like, eh, go. <laughs> I have a feeling and then Melissa's going to ace this test. I do too. Relative I do too. to our other guests. <laughs> All right. Last question. If you could only use one social app, which app would it be and why? Um, LinkedIn. Okay. Probably, yeah. How come? I mean, for me, it's like where it's where I get my news. It's where I get industry insights. Yeah. It's where I connect with people who are interested in same topics, yeah. right? Like my Facebook friends, I love it. And we can talk about like what we did in high school and how their kids are doing these days. And I, I love that. But LinkedIn is my go-to for, you know, being on the pulse and all right other people who are excited about logistics i think that i think one of the things we're seeing with these questions too which is why i love doing this is when we interview a founder yes linkedin is almost always the answer mm -hmm. yes unofficial tally that we're doing right now but yes i feel <laughs> like that mm -hmm. is definitely the case so melissa qualifies as a professional founder millennial i think she wins. Founder millennial. <laughs> the, the, the constantly curious yeah definitely the constantly yes. curious founder millennial yes. oh my god so much more than that but in this test she passed with flying colors yeah no she was and it's not a test even though it kind of is but um but that hey melissa that was fantastic i have to i have to think there's gonna be a lot of people interested in learning more about this because as we just unwrapped it it's it's pretty intuitive in terms of where some of the value is so if people want to hear more they want to learn more about packet and what it does what's the best way for them to get in touch with you are you gonna be at any sh upcoming shows this year yeah so um our website is packet.com just p-a-c-k-i-t.com we don't have a ton on the new commercial side. You'll see a lot of our, our consumer products there, but we do have contact information if you go to the delivery page right. on packet.com. Um, we're going to be at Home Delivery World in June. All right. Um, and I'm going to be speaking on a panel there, so that's very exciting. And then we'll also be at Grocery Shop. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I think we will, we will definitely be at Grocery Shop. Yes. Got to check about Home Delivery World. Yeah, it's on my radar screen. <laughs> Been in the past. Going to decide again here soon. That was amazing. That was awesome. Again, it's Packet Fresh CEO, Melissa Keeling. Thank you to everyone out there so much for tuning in. Please remember to like, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends. And of course, as always, be careful out there. <laughs>